Hi there, I'm Al. Welcome back to Lore Research Lab. And if you're new here, welcome to the Lore Research Lab, where I ramble about Nintendo video games. This is not an official episode at all. It's not really an extra even, but I'm going to call this episode um, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, a retrospective look. So I have talked plenty about Breath of the Wild, and I've analyzed um, basically every trailer that's come out about Tears of the Kingdom. I'm obviously avoiding any leaks if there are any because I don't want to be spoiled on whatever this game has, has in store. Um, but I just want to use the space to talk about Breath of the Wild a little bit and just some random ruminations I've, I've had. Because with Tears of the Kingdom coming out, it's like Breath of the Wild has had its run in the sense that like I think it's still a game that has a lot of playability, replayability, and can still be enjoyed now even with Tears of the Kingdom being in existence. So the interesting thing is that in older Zelda games, and obviously I said this is meant to be a retrospective on Breath of the Wild, but I can't help but reflect on older games as well because there is a certain kind of precedent that's been the case for previous Legend of Zelda games and Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom feel very different from that so I want to touch a little bit on that too which is that it's not the first time that the Legend of Zelda franchise has done direct sequels to a certain Legend of Zelda video game. They've done it a couple times in the past um or they've even like done like a um, I wouldn't say like a reboot, but certain games that actually take place in the same universe or like are clearly placed in the same timeline. And I'm not going to dive too much into like the lore and how all the games are connected based off of what the guidebooks tell us. I'm not I'm not really here to talk about that. But just the idea that a Legend of Zelda game has like a direct sequel, um, it's been done before. So that concept is not new. So Tears of the Kingdom doesn't really... Um, feel any different in the sense that it's like we've gotten Zelda sequel games before and those sequels have always functioned in a particular way either it served to expand on the universe a little bit more but changing some of the lore or the characters you encounter um and then sometimes you had sequels like Majora's Mask to uh Ocarina of Time which kind of uh, what is it? Fracture, like not fractures, but it adds something to like the lower timelines. It has a completely different mood, feel, and tone. Um, so Zelda's kind of done it all when it comes to the way that they approach their lore, their stories, in the sense of how they try to imagine it, even just semi-differently from the first iteration that they had. It's like they're constantly workshopping an idea and then they try and revamp it or try and do something differently with it or maybe depart from it altogether because Majora's Mask and um, Twilight Princess for me are just pretty good standard examples of Zelda games that have different tones from a more typical Zelda game and as well feel like they're genuinely trying to do something different. Whereas a game like Skyward Sword, which is heralded as being the origin story to all Zelda lore um, and is meant to be a kind of what I believe to it's meant to exist at two words it's it exists to explain some kind of you could say key tenets of Zelda lore like um establishing higher powers like deities goddesses and such um who comes from where like the origin story of the hero the origin story of the princess um, all those kinds of things. That's what Skyward Sword serves to to do and the ending of that game is naturally a positive one because it's the beginning of everything and it's meant to signal 
good things to come. But we also know that with several Legend of Zelda games, a lot of bad things happen. And in a game like Ocarina of Time, the story is hinged on you making a mistake. So I just find that the kind of shifting of tones that's occurred across uh, the, like the Zelda franchise's history has been really fascinating. And then Breath of the Wild comes along and it kind of brings a lot of those themes all together in one game very seamlessly in my opinion. And in such a way that you don't have to be a Zelda fan. You don't even have to know anything about Zelda. You can know Jack Squad. And I think you'll enjoy that game just as much as someone who loves the Zelda franchise. And I remember playing Breath of the Wild and feeling that way where it's just it's just so new it felt so different and of course i've had my like own kind of opinions and maybe potential ha hang-ups and nitpicks about the way that lore is executed in breath of the wild and the way they decide to show that off i have my own opinions on that but i definitely think it still adds something to it and what makes me really happy about breath of the wild as well is that i wouldn't even say it's the kind of game that naturally inspires a sequel in the sense that that game could just be its own game and be a standalone game and does not necessarily need um uh like a story to succeed it i obviously have talked so much about like i have a whole different like it's like some seven parter thing way back in season two i believe of like all the different like the different kinds of storytelling you get in breath of the wild or just comparing it to other kinds of storytelling and the storytelling choices that are made in breath of the wild which is there's just not that much storytelling to be honest and it all happens completely peripherally or in the background um of course i have my own kind of like thoughts about that too but even then, I'm like, Breath of the Wild works perfectly fine as a, as a standalone game. Even if on the story front, it could warrant a sequel in the sense that there's a lot about Breath of the Wild that maybe feels like it could be expanded on more or we could learn more about these characters or maybe we didn't get to spend enough time doing certain things and to have more of that or have uh, more space to do so would be wonderful. And they they brought in the DLC for that reason too. Breath of the Wild got, uh, Breath of the Wild got DLC for that reason because there's much more that the developers wanted to do with the game and decided to throw in some extra stuff. But then, of course, the developers also thought to themselves that, well, while we're making DLC, why don't we just come up with a sequel? Because there's so many other things we'd like to include and we just don't have the space for that in something like DLC. Um, so, uh, yeah, Breath of the Wild is just such an interesting game, but more on the point of how it brings like uh, themes together from previous games. It's got a very mixed tone to it, in my opinion, but mixed in in more like a blended way rather than mixed as in, ooh, not sure how I feel about that or the execution of it. So the thing is with pre like because I I there's other Zelda games I'm like I've played before or I'm familiar with, there's certain themes that are pretty common in just the kind of adventuring type that you have. Usually there's some inkling of hope, at the very least, even in the games where things are kind of morose or kind of downtrodden you there is always that kind of sliver of hope to hold on to and even skyward sword does not consist consistently maintain that tone the beginning of the game is super fun and cheery it switches tone pretty fast once the story picks up but then the adventuring part is just kind of there's a nice lull to it a nice pacing to it in the sense that you just take your time doing all the puzzles and dungeons and adventuring and enjoying what skyward sword has to give before you're kind of reminded about the more serious story elements Breath of the Wild, on the other hand, by just not having that concrete framework and structure for story in the first place, allows it to feel 
well, open, because that's literally what it's designed to be like. But that, yes, you do take the game, at your, you, you experience it at your own pace. You do what you want to do in however, like, however much time it takes you to do that, you're doing it the way you want. Um, there is both, like, kind of nostalgia, there's both hope, but there's also this sense of loss, for sure. And there's so many places, so many ruins or sites of ruin, destruction and such that you can find in the game that do remind you of that. And of course, I think for some more than others, and especially people like me, um, that kind of gets these cogs turning in my head where it's like, that that registers, where it's like, wow, something really big went down here. Or the fact that Hyrule Castle is this malice-covered mess, and it just, it's almost sad to, to see and almost disheartening a little um, because this was a place that ha once had this like state of glory and it's just not there anymore. There's so little left of it. And what is left is just, you know, covered with monsters and enemy and, you know, there's kind of burning embers floating through the air no matter where you walk. It's like the place is a constant war zone, which it is, that is actually a fact because of the number of enemies, guardians, the drones, all those different enemies you find there, like, or sky watchers, whatever, like, there's so much danger and so much ruination at Hyrule Castle that for me, that's one of the best reminders of that loss and this kind of sadness you almost feel while playing that game. Because there's so much to see, so much to do, so many people to talk to, so many stories to learn of, stories of loss, stories of happiness, stories of hope. Um, Breath of the Wild does a really great job, in my opinion, blending those kinds of things together to make the experience feel very fulfilling, fun, and maintaining that sense of adventure that is pretty consistent throughout Zelda games, where no matter how limited it is, I think all Zelda games can be fun for certain people in their own ways, because the way that adventure is approached in different Zelda, like in Zelda games, is just kind of different every time, in my opinion. They're always trying something a little bit differently when it comes to the adventure aspect. And Breath of the Wild is a culmination, I think, of all of that with the fact that they just decided it's going to be an open world game and players are free to do whatever they want once they get past the tutorial phase. Um, and yeah, just Breath of the Wild is just one of those games that's going to remain, it's it's going to remain to be very memorable. It's a game that I think has a lot of longevity. Like, this is a game that will still be talked about, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, um, uh, just because of, I think, the impact it had. It, it made um, Waves being, you know, the inaugural release game for the new Nintendo console for the Nintendo Switch. So it's like, it came out at a very specific time. It it was the start of something new, i.e. the Switch and all succeeding Switch games. Um, so yeah, Breath of the Wild is just, it's just an experience. But I mean, as for what I think is also worth talking about, is playing as Link, being the hero in this game. I've done an episode where I've talked about how Link uh, fits an image of a hero very well, and specifically this iteration of Link. And I find his characterization in this game to be really interesting because Link is, as a you know, silent protagonist, oftentimes just does not really feel like he has a personality outside of being courageous and saving everyone. Like that's just kind of what he does. But in Breath of the Wild, and similar to you could say to a degree, Twilight Princess Link and then Skyward Sword Link for sure, 
is that this link does have a personality despite um what little is shown and the digging you have to do to kind of rediscover what little quirks he did have or maybe some of the things he might have been feeling before the game actually begins like all the story stuff that occurs before you even boot up the game technically um i find link's characterization really interesting because he does have a starting point where he once was a certain kind of person um but then some of that changed when he was uh, brought back in the shrine of resurrection woke up a hundred years later like he was he's actually a different person and i think that's really interesting to do because first of all that does give this kind of temporal theme to it where there's link in the memories for the breath of the wild story but then there's the link that you play as and they don't necessarily feel like two distinctly different people but they are different enough that basically what it sets up uh for and this is kind of what i hope to see with tears of the kingdom is that like links link link uh what is it his personality maybe doesn't show off very much but that we get this kind of sense of how link almost feels about things it's as simple as just showing his reaction to something happening because that gives you enough of an indication in my opinion with the kind of character they've made him to be like for me that's fine enough um we already know he's courageous that's always kind of the biggest mark of of link as a character he's, he's courageous that's his thing but you know breath of the wild link is a foodie um he has a sense of humor despite uh, dis, uh, depending on the voice lines or sorry the responses you choose for certain npcs you interact with he can have a bit of an attitude um which is kind of entertaining um but like I, I like seeing that i i actually enjoy that even though that's a very small detail about the character to include because then that's all that does add a little bit to the adventuring experience um and for me it's like uh i think it's basically implied that in hatino village um the house that link can eventually buy back used to be his house a hundred years prior anyway so he's just going back home kind of thing and i find that to be poetic as well so there's just a lot about Breath of the Wild I find really interesting and I just will always reflect on, not always obviously because the game's going to be out very soon, but um, just reflecting on what this means for Tears of the Kingdom. And then where do we go from Tears of the Kingdom? Because uh, I, I don't know that the Hyrule of Breath of the Wild is the kind of place that I could see having more than one like universe to explore, but then I also don't quite know what comes next after um breath of the wild high rule like do they just come like do they just completely change the setting and kind of go back to the precedence of older um zelda games where they would just take link to a completely new location one way or another he ends up there type of thing or do they kind of maintain that high rule is still the place where things happen and it's just going to be a different Hyrule, a different Link, a different Zelda type of thing. I'm like, I, don't, I can't, I, it's it's hard to think about that right now, just with Tears of the Kingdom about to be out soon. Like, I completely, I, I know I'm thinking really, really far ahead right now, but I just find, um, I just find like Breath of the Wild to be very interesting as a Zelda iteration and all the things that it's done, like the open world aspects, the the way you can gauge the story for yourself and learn uh, like learn what you will about the story. Um, 
What I really like about Breath of the Wild, actually, and this is why I do have certain hangups about the story, I love the focus on Zelda. Like, despite you playing as Link, and despite you exclusively experiencing the game as Link, um, and also despite people having problems with how the final battle plays out, I really enjoyed the fact that if you pursue the story quests, the amount of information that you learn about Zelda. She is a full-fledged character, despite having so little screen time and appearance in the game. And I I just, I think um, because I really like Skyward Sword Zelda, where you also get a really good sense of her personality, her motivations, and just kind of what she wants to do, um, I was happy to see that, but then also a little, not sad per se, but just like, I, I wish there was more when it came to Breath of the Wild. So, I've expressed this a couple times, I think, when analyzing Tears of the Kingdom uh, trailer footage and such. I really hoped we see a more expanded side of Zelda. Whether or not she's a playable character, because I doubt she will be, and I really don't get that sense from the trailers, I do hope that she has a bit more of an active role in the way that Skyward Sword kind of pushed for Zelda being this character that had a sense of what was going on, had a developed purpose, like, you you knew that she was motivated to accomplish something, she has some kind of realization or idea of what her role is in the universe, what she needs to do. I want this I want Tears of the Kingdom Zelda to fall in a very similar category just because that is a Zelda that I find really interesting um, and adds something. If you're calling the game Legend of Zelda, of course, it, it, it should feel like a legend about her, for me at least. Link is uh, someone who assists in that legend coming to be, in a way, if you think about it. But I like to say that the Breath of the Wild is truly a Legend of Zelda in that way. Um, it's her story that comes full circle. Link is there, and he certainly has his own story arc um, as well, but I think this is where Tears of the Kingdom would really help for Link. So as much as I want to see more of Zelda, I also think it'll be really interesting if they decide to explore, you could say, a more defined arc for Link as a character in the sense that you know, the Master Sword's broken, which is supposed to be the fabled weapon that he is the only one capable of wielding. Um, I think the whole status of champions has been pretty well maintained, but I don't know that it serves the same purpose just because things did not play out the way they were supposed to in Breath of the Wild. That's kind of the whole point of the game. You're living in a post-apocalyptic Hyrule just because things didn't work out. Um, and you're almost lucky that it, things did work out the way that they did because it was almost literally the worst case scenario. Um, so Tears of the Kingdom is operating in a very similar way where it's not, it's, I'd say that's where it differs maybe from previous Zelda sequels in the sense that, or maybe even direct sequels, just because um, it's definitely taking off, I think, where Breath of the Wild left things. Whereas those other games, they definitely function like sequels, but a certain amount of time had elapsed um, and uh, things like that. So, uh, like, maybe that's kind of a hard thing to claim just because <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom hasn't come out yet. But the sense that I get, okay, well, I don't know if the haircut's any indication. You can have a haircut at any point in time. That doesn't mean that Tears of the Kingdom happens like two years after the events of Breath of the Wild. It very well could be, but still. Um, uh, yeah, so 
I wonder what they're gonna do for Link and Zelda just because what what the trailers and the footage that they've shown already, it, there's so many lore ideas that I have about Tears of the Kingdom. I just really wonder about what they're gonna do for Link and Zelda because they're bringing Ganon back into the fold. So this feels very much like a return to Skyward Sword or maybe Ocarina of Time themes um, in terms of the dynamics between your heroes and the main villain. Um, and if someone else is gonna, um, what is what is it? disrupt that triangulation just because in the case of breath of the wild first of all that triangulation is not as solidified zelda is kind of imprisoned in trying to hold off calamity again calamity again is not even like doesn't even have a humanoid form it's just a robotic type of arachnid malice amalgamation that also ends up becoming a giant demonic pig and then link is a hero with amnesia who depending on how you play through the story, doesn't really actually recover his memories and just is told that he needs to save Hyrule. Like, the the relationship between those three characters, i.e. the principal villain and then your heroes, just feels very different compared to previous Zelda games, but that now, with Tears of the Kingdom and Ganondorf being confirmed as returning, um, we're kind of returning to our roots right now with Zelda lore um, and you could say typical Zelda triangulation of hero, princess, bad guy. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, so I, I know I've just kind of repeatedly said that Breath of the Wild is, is just a very fascinating game, but, um, and it's a game that I've talked a lot about it. The game alone made me want to start up the lore research lab in the first place, so I have to credit that game in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, honestly, I'd say in Breath of the Wild's case, particularly just because it's the kind of game that really caught my interest and I was really into, um, Breath of the Wild is not the only game of its kind and the only one that does what it does. Um, it's not unique by any means, but I like the execution of what they do and the care that you really get a sense of from the developers and creators of the game. And for me, the guidebook is the perfect uh, perfect accompaniment of that, just because reading through the guidebook and playing through the game, you see how much thought they put into this and you see what they could include, what they couldn't include, some little asides and kind of fun facts that they give. This It's just a very well thought out and even the stuff that you can't see and maybe can only learn from a guidebook, I still very much appreciate that because it's, of course, still Breath of the Wild content for me. It doesn't need to necessarily be a video game, in my case, for it to still be direct content type of thing. Um, so I know that with all that's been written about Breath of the Wild as well in terms of the developer notes and their ideas and the artwork and the stories and histories and stuff, it's just a very expansive game. It's a very open and welcoming game in that way, where um, Depending on your affinity for playing video games, you can pick it up. You might not be able to pick it up. Interestingly, they've opted to market Tears of the Kingdom as being more accessible than Breath of the Wild in terms of playing through it. So I find that very interesting and that you can also be way more creative with what you can do in Tears of the Kingdom. So considering what they're kind of going for in terms of what they've marketed so far, and then maybe some of the questions I'm wondering about their characters, themes, all the lore stuff I've talked about in my various Tears of the Kingdom analyses, like, um... It'll just be very interesting to see where the franchise goes from here because it's the kind of thing where it's like you can only really go up just because Breath of the Wild was just this like huge explosive mark for Nintendo where they just in in very simple words they just popped off like they just they really had something that was magic and loved by everyone and 
Um, I know that even if Tears of the Kingdom is coming out right now, there's still probably plenty of people out there who are getting Breath of the Wild um, because maybe they only just got a Switch recently or maybe some people told them that it's a really good game, that type of thing. So, and that's, I, I think I think that's just a really nice part about that game. I really respect that. I think Breath of the Wild is very cool for many reasons. And I just wanted to use this time to talk about that and ramble about it pick at my thoughts a little bit because I think Breath of the Wild is just an amazing game and I just I there's so many aspects that I love about it and I find that when I end up talking about the game I'm just reminded about all the various things I really like about it how thought out the different cultural groups are the geography how big everything feels um not a perfect game not a unique game by any means Breath of the Wild is it's it's still just like any other video game out there where some people may really love it, some people may not like it at all, some people may prefer other games to it. Obviously it falls in all of those categories. But I do know that Breath of the Wild obviously made me so excited for Tears of the Kingdom in the first place because of the things that it did do right for me and the things that I really did like even if it wasn't in this kind of overt, clear way. Like even if I didn't necessarily get to play through all the stuff, there's a lot of things I like about Breath of the Wild, for example, based off of what I've read in the guidebooks. So Tears of the Kingdom, it's going to be super exciting when it comes out and I can't wait to talk about Tears of the Kingdom. So maybe the remainder of season four of the Lore Research Lab is just going to become a Tears of the Kingdom thing. I find that that's probably going to be occupying my time quite a bit. Um, there's definitely other stuff I want to get out as well. Fire Emblem. <laughs> but yes, Tears of the Kingdom, super exciting stuff. So thanks for tuning into this rambling, folks, and I'll see you next time.